Thank you, Richard and Lori. Please open your Bible to Genesis chapter 17. We've been studying the spiritual biography of Abraham's family, and it occurred to me that we're coming up on the first anniversary of our covenant, me as your pastor and and congregation. We're coming up on the first anniversary of our meeting together, which will be next week. And it occurs to me that I haven't shared with you the most significant chapter in my family's spiritual biography until today. Our story is too difficult still to talk about, and there really isn't anything to be said. When you're with family, you just know, right? But Cheryl has written the whole story, uh, and that is on the website today. And so if you'd like to go and and read more of our story, uh, you'll find it there. But as I said to you, my very first sermon a year ago, I want every sermon I preach, every message, even this morning as we look at Genesis chapter 17, I want us always to turn our direction to Christ and the cross and the gospel of God's grace. Let's read together. Look with me at Genesis 17. We won't read the entire chapter, just a portion. We'll read verse 1 to 7, and then we'll move to Verse 15 to 17. Listen now to God's word. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face. And God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you. And you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations. And kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations For an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. And Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Almighty God, El Shaddai, just as Abraham and his descendants were consecrated, so God, please touch our hearts this morning by your Holy Spirit. 
confirm for us all the promises that are in Christ. Speak to us now in this hour that our attention would be turned to you, we pray. Amen. Have you ever been surprised by astounding news? So much so that, that you fall over laughing, you just cannot believe that this has happened? Have you ever had an experience like that? Although Jonathan was easily conceived, we struggled with the disappointment and frustration of infertility for three years. Two healthy adults, no explanation. And it was incredibly difficult on me. Sherhill was the one who showed amazing faith and resiliency and patience with the Lord, but, but I started to give up hope going on that roller coaster. And then after almost three years, we decided to suspend all medical help and just wait and let the Lord do as the Lord would please. And the Lord blessed us with news that we were going to have a child. After all that intervention, just giving up, trusting in him, we found out the news standing on a deck in Lake Tahoe. And I don't think I fell over, but I, I remember jumping up and down a lot because it was an old deck and we were afraid that it was going to fall down. Three years of waiting. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be? Isn't that a, a great, uplifting sermon illustration? You struggle and you wait and then you trust the Lord and then you're blessed. And when we came back to our church in Minneapolis that fall, it was a great celebration. Cheryl was one of, I believe, six ladies who were all expectant mothers. And so Advent time was very special. We had planned to have each mother and, and, and husband that were pregnant come and light the Advent candle, and we were blessed to be one of the candle lighters. We watched in awe during ultrasounds as she posed for the camera. Have you ever been astounded by amazing news? Has God ever intervened in your life and made the impossible possible? When God told Abraham that he was going to have a son at the age of 100, the Bible says he doubled over in laughter. He must have thought, no way. There is no way. And imagine Sarah. And we'll look at Sarah's reaction in two weeks' time when she hears the news that at the age of 90, she was going to be a mom. To think they'd have a child at that age would have been simply preposterous. love that word. Our friends back in Minneapolis, Dave and Holly, have a similar story. Their doctors told them they could never have children. It was medically an impossibility. And so they uh, decided to adopt. And they went through two years of trying to adopt a child from Ethiopia. But time and again, the doors to that adoption were shut with no windows opened. They just struggled to discern God's will. Finally, they decided it was time to stop trying, to give up the adoption, to, to take their name off the list, to stop all the procedures of adoption. And what happened? Boom, Holly got pregnant. Needless to say, 
It was shocking news for Dave and Holly and really for our whole community. And just last week, baby Charlie came into the world. God surprises us all the time. But I think we're not accustomed to seeing God work through secondary means, everyday means of his grace. And so we don't give God credit where credit is due. We tend to credit surprises to our our own hard work, or we just call it plain old dumb luck. But we don't see God's providence at hand. Unless it's something inexplicable. Many of us tend to live our lives without seeing Signs of the covenant. Signs of God's grace that are everywhere. Rather than be optimistic, we tend to say to ourselves or think, that'll never happen, or there's no way, or it'll never be so. But the Bible teaches that God is always creating and intervening and ordaining means of his grace. And because of God's grace, great things happen. Even out of great tragedy, God surprises us with signs of his covenant grace. It's been almost three years. Inexplicably, so close to her natural birth, the night of Jonathan's birthday party held in the church basement, we were told that we lost her. The next day, Cheryl was admitted for the stillbirth of Caitlin Leanne. We held her for but an hour. Beautiful. Perfect in every way. Inexplicable. A week later, we had the memorial service. I remember the next day after the memorial service was Super Bowl Sunday. Your Steelers, those of you who are Steelers fans, were playing. I was shuttling family to the airport. A few family members were going to stay around until Monday morning. Thank God they did. When I returned home, something terrible had happened. Something terrible was wrong with Cheryl. She was rushed to the hospital, to the ER, to the ICU, day upon day, and the clock stopped ticking. Time stopped. God, even in the midst of that time, showed us grace upon grace, sparing her life. Three years of infertility, multiple surgeries to save her life, those are those secondary means, those great surgeons and nurses and doctors. Months of physical recovery. The doctors told us we would never have another child naturally. In our darkest hour, we believe in God's sovereign grace. With the mysteries we cannot understand, the unfulfilled dreams of Raising our daughter this side of heaven, we trust him still. Now, while most of us will not experience catastrophic loss in this lifetime, we will all be touched by it. And if we choose, we can know as well the grace that transforms it. 
The depths of sorrow, whether due to illness or war or loss, a position, a car accident, broken promises, the loss of a loved one. And I am privileged as your pastor to walk through you and beside you through all these things. We can know the power and grace of Almighty God. Only by sheer grace do I stand here before you now and and can speak with conviction the words of Job. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You see, I'm still learning to look for signs of God's grace. I'm still learning to be attuned to seeing what God is about. What a contrast our story and our biography is to Abraham's. Abraham balked at the possibility of having another son. He wanted his own plan for Ishmael, who he had raised to the age of 13. He wanted the story to be for Ishmael. But God had other plans. God made a believer out of Abraham. God kept his promise of a child. But listen, God makes different promises to you and to me. But they are just as sure and just as impossible. Hear these words that Jesus spoke to his disciples when he promised to them, you will suffer in this life, but I will be with you. John 16, 33. He says, I have said these things to you, things about suffering for following Christ, the cost of discipleship. I have said these things to you that In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. If your identity is anchored in Christ, then suffering drives you deeper into the source of your joy. From a human perspective, it's impossible, improbable. It's impossible. But impossible is not in God's vocabulary. God Almighty, named here El Shaddai, God the Powerful One, specializes in the impossible. We are certain that Caitlin is in our Heavenly Father's arms eternally. And someday we'll be reunited. But God has made a covenant with us with me and with you today in every day of your life on this earth. Abraham didn't know God's plan, but he trusted his promises. And how did, how did he respond? How did he respond to God's surprising grace? It says he, he fell down on the ground, overwhelmed by the glory of the Lord and his gracious Promises. And then God gave him a new name. His name had been Exalted Father. Can you imagine having that be your name for so many years and not being a dad? And he said, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. You will be the father of multitudes. And then he gave Sarai a new name. Sarah. Sarah, you will be a princess. All of your descendants will remember your name. And he's given me a new name. 
I'm blessed to be called a pastor, your pastor. At first, I'm blessed to be called husband and father, and someday, Lord willing, grandfather. And by grace, now he's blushing. By grace, God has given you a new name. Think of all the names people have called you, names that you call yourself. God has given you, friend, a new name. And it's this, your name, according to Scripture, according to all the promises of God, your name is beloved child. Until that day, we cling to Jesus and the promises of Scripture. Let me end with this verse, and then we'll go to prayer. Romans 8.18 says this, Consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. Glory awaits. Let's pray. Lord God, we know that glory awaits even in our, in our, in our flesh, in our bodies that break down this tent that's going to eventually collapse. You are preparing for us for glory. Lord God, I pray that in that in-between time, that dash of life, I pray, Lord, that we, like Abraham, would walk blameless before you. God, show us signs of your covenant grace to us. May your Holy Spirit come and work in us and through us every day. And God, may you please transform by your grace all the the weight that we carry, that that weight would be transformed and the weight would be for your glory, we pray. We pray as Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Everything we have, everything.